Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of The RevOps Show. My name is Hannah Munoz. I'm your podcast producer. In a minute, you'll hear our hosts, Jess and Doug, in action. But first, I wanted to give you some information about them and what you can expect from the show. Jess is Imagine's Director of Operations, and she's responsible for enhancing the efficiency and effectiveness of Imagine's sales development and revenue operations programs. Doug is Imagine's CEO, who has advised small and mid-market companies committed to serious growth for more than 20 years. Together, they're teaming up to bring you the RevOps show, where they'll work through common questions, scenarios, and issues that companies are facing today with RevOps. They'll also help you find solutions that will make an impact to the work you're doing each and every day. So now with that, let's get on to the first episode around sales quotas. Jess, you look tired. I am tired. I thought I thought revenue operations was invigorating. It's invigorating and exhausting at the same time. Invigorating and exhausting. Yeah, I guess that's a thing. I guess that's a thing. What's your favorite RevOps story from this week? (laughs) Um oh man. Uh probably teaching a client how we how we uh outline uh processes and flows and how to keep focus and yeah that was that, probably that goes into the, the most cate- entertaining that in, thing that goes into the category of uh, can you teach an old dog new tricks it does you know my favorite was actually a conversation we had earlier today um uh, you know we, we we had a conversation about um objects for the database and setting that up and like how many times did we wind it up unwind it put it back together break it back apart and you know, this, this really simple kind of what we thought what looked on the surface is like the simple kind of thing when we started, you know, as you started talking about, okay, what's the implication of that? What, what does that mean? How does that work? How is that going to integrate with other places? It just kind of showed the whole, like, to me, it just reiterated this whole point about, you know, the inverse friction principle and, you know, so much of why good decisions turn out bad. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think the, the place where that's fun here is we all like to kind of talk through that problem. And, and as you mentioned, unwind things and, and try to break it and try to poke holes in it. So, yeah, you know, that's a really interesting thing is I I think, you know, I hadn't really thought about that is, is I think most people naturally skip the step of, okay, we, we thought about it. We think, okay, this, this should work. And we, you know, and, and there's, you know, there's a little dopamine that gets released when that happens. And then do you, do you go, okay, let's break it. Right. How's yep. this going to break? And I think, I, yeah, that's actually really, um, I don't think we have, I don't think we've ever actually articulated that clearly in the design process, which is, you know, and, and I talk about it from a hypothesis standpoint, because I always rant that, that for all this talk about data science and scientific approaches to growth, no one ever talks about establishing the null hypothesis. More on that in a future episode, um, right? But that's kind of what we're doing: is we're 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 establishing a null hypothesis and saying, okay, how's yep. you know how's this going to stand? I actually had a conversation with um, um, I was sharing some insights um, with an app partner that we've just started working with, as they're trying to, you know, they they they're not getting the results from their partner efforts that they thought, and you know, some of what we talked about was you know how you put things out there and people break it. And, and if, you, yeah. if you're not ready for that, then that's where it breaks down. Before we, before we launch um, a new system with a client, I'll often, I'll often 
cherry pick some people and say, okay, now I need you to go in and try to break it because that's, that's the fastest way to identify holes. And, and when we start talking through these problems internally, I do find that we at least have one person in the room who tries to put forth, okay, this is where I think the, the weakness is. This is, this is how we break it. So, yeah. Well, and, and actually, you know, if there are any agency people listening, I'll give you, I'll give you all a really great hack to manage client expectations, manage client happiness. And that is whatever you're doing, when you turn it over to the client, the customer for the first time, position it as, because I've always used, okay, here it is, we want you to try to break it. Um, and so that way, when, you know, they say, you know, you know, you have the R and the E revert, you have the R inverse, like, oh, see, we wanted you to break it, right? That's part of like, that's what, that's what you were supposed to find. That was supposed to be there, right? Yeah. Um, I'm exaggerating a little bit on that. Um, not exaggerating on my typos, by the way, just exaggerating on, on, on that intent. But you know, there's always things, you know, there, there, I think people have an ex, their natural expectation, when you turn something over is, oh, it must be working. And until you start putting water through something, you know, water through the pipe, you don't know. Absolutely. Alrighty, so I know you've got a topic today, you might be a little bit tired, I can tell that you're getting a little bit excited, I can feel it. Because yep. you got a topic today that, um, that I, I mean, if this topic doesn't get people excited, I don't know what what will i guess if they've I seen the title they probably know like i here i am kind of you know building the the curiosity and expectation but i'm pretty sure whatever the title of this podcast is is gonna name it so i might as well give it away so you want to talk about sales quotas today i do and i know it's a topic that gets you fired up oh <laughs> which is, yeah well, yes that's really on like that's setting a very low bar right like Fair. what what topic doesn't do i not get fired up about it's true like we should it's try true. to find one of those that I just kind of am like, you know, Ben Stein through the entire conversation. We should do that. That that would be an interesting episode of you just trying to stay Ben yeah, Stein the entire time. I don't think I don't think that would happen. All right. So so sales quota. So what do you um so so you've actually got it laid you got it laid out as kind of two parts. You know, the approach to sales quotas um and establishing targets for your sales team, right? Yeah. So why don't you kind of I, give an overview of of what led you to this, you know, from, from your perspective as a RevOps leader, you know, where are you seeing it? What, what made you, by the way, for those of you who don't know, Jess selects the, Jess is responsible for selecting the topics. Um, so kind of that perspective is here. So just wanted to kind of share with us what led you to that. So it's my fault if they're not intrigued. Um, yeah, if the episodes are, are if the ever, episodes ever, ever fall flat, it was clearly topic selection, no question about that. Obviously. Um, so the, the, the thing that prompted this is I, I was thinking about what, what actually motivates salespeople. And we, we talk about this in a myriad of different places. But I think the default for a lot of organizations is we'll, we'll, we'll set quota. I mean, certainly comp is a piece that they think motivates and we, we'll talk about that in other places, but um, so so I was thinking about that. And then how do you how do you set expectations for the sales team? And again, I think everybody's default is to go to quota because it's kind of what what everybody can think of a no. And so I want to talk about setting quotas and whether that's the right thing. And then I want to talk about if you know what are the other targets that you can set for your sales team. One, to motivate them, two, to make sure that they're clear on what the expectations are, and three, so the organization knows how to measure how the sales team's doing. And so I think first and foremost, if, and, oh, and sorry, where are you going to? This episode is, what are we targeting this at, four or five hours? 
I think we can. I think we can cover this high level in an hour. We'll we'll we'll, I, we'll, I we'll cover we'll, we'll cover a good we'll cover a good part of it. We might not. I don't think we're going to yeah. cover the topic completely, but go on. So yeah, you had a follow. So I think first and foremost, we need to define what quota quota means for mo most sales organizations. And this is this is actually a question I had for you. Like from what you're seeing, how how do we de how do most sales organizations define quota? Okay, so I'm going to take a step back. Okay. Um, because. I think it's important when we talk about this, because where this is going to lead to is the word quota conflates a lot of different things. It's almost like saying strategy. So, so here's some key terms that you used as you were describing this. So we talked okay. about comp. This okay. is in no particular order, just the way I was able to write it down. Yep. We talked about comp. We talked about quota. We talked about targets. Yep. We talked about motivate. We talked about measure. Buzzword bingo, yes. Right. Well, and I don't, you know, those are all very important things. Um, so the 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 first thing I'm gonna say is that so 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 quota and comp are are in 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 the sales world, I think are often inextricably linked. Yep. But but in the same way that customer acquisition and revenue acquisition are inextricably linked too often, in that you know, when, when you when you understand that acquiring a customer and acquiring revenue are actually two different processes that happen over two different time periods, there are many times where those things happen simultaneously. Um, you know, but but in the same way, and, and you remember years ago when we really started to call that out, how that changed our, our, our approach on things, you know, I think it's important that quotas and comp um, are not the same thing um, and don't have to be inextricably linked. They have to be aligned. Uh, mm -hmm. So, so I'm going to throw another word, which is score. Okay. So, so I, I, I may adjust this as we go through this. So the difference between a quota and a target. Mm -hmm. So, so they're basically synonyms as, at least as I'm thinking about it, since you asked this question, you know, since you shared this with me earlier this morning, um, the difference between a target and quota is I'm going to add an element of it's it's a target, it's an accountability target, mm -hmm. right? So so quota brings a level of accountability, which means there's reward and um, and punishment of of some. You know, there's 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 carrot stick, there's plus minus. Right. If, if, if there's no consequence to something, then then you can't say there's accountability. Yep. Right. Um, and, and, and so quotas are targets that have accountability um, mechanisms associated with them. OK. Right. Like so I might have a target for you to have X number of conversations, but but that's really more an input than it is anything else. So I won't. So so it's not a quota because. You know, if you hit the number that is your quota, um, the fact that you didn't hit your target number of conversations, nothing specific happens to you on that accountability. It's more of a like I'd use I'd use the target in this situation as more of a forward looking um, perspective. You know, I have some people who say, what you know, does it matter if I make five calls or 50 calls? If I can make five calls and have five conversations, then 
you know, does it matter if I make 50 calls? And, and, and I say, yeah, it actually does. Because if you have, if you make five calls and have five conversations, it's not sustainable. A. Right. And B, what, what's happening is you're, what you're doing. And, you know, if, if five is enough, let's just say what, what, you, what you're doing is you're meeting only the needs of today. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so what, you know, so I have targets that, that are important because they relate to, you know, out periods. Um, Tell me what you mean by out periods. It, it, it depends what the period of measurement is or what, or, or what, you know, kind of what the um, transaction cycle transaction rhythm for a company is, but like, like for us, like I'm already worried about 2022 and I'm beginning to worry about 2023. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and so there's lots of things that I think need to be happening for us. You know, if, if we don't like, if we're not lifting weights to get stronger, if we just like, if we just maintain the same strength, mm-hmm. we, we become weaker. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it is, you know, if you're not first, you're last, that's what the great philosopher, Ricky Bobby said, Ricky Bobby. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you're not getting stronger, you're getting weaker. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, cause 2023 is going to be harder than 2021. Unless there's an, you know, an outside factor, just, you know, naturally speaking, 2023 is going to be harder than 2021, unless you do things to make 2023 easier. Right. So like one of the things I talk about regularly is, you know, something, something happened today to somebody that's going to lead them to buy something. It's going to be the origination of the cause for them buying something that you sell two, three, four years from now. The question okay. is, are you there? Right. Yep. And so if I can begin to generate relationships with people who aren't going to buy for two years, but I'm establishing you know, elements of relevance and, 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 you know, things along those lines, then, then in essence, I'm going to be in a favored position by the time something happens where you do need it. And now I don't have to go back out and, and, you know, create something from scratch. It's, it's, it's part of my issue of, of the whole farmer hunter analogy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, farmers, like literal actual farmers, you know, they're thinking years in advance. They're thinking next season while they're yeah. managing this season. Because they know if, you know, if they cheat it to increase their yield on, on crops this season, they're going to make it that much harder next right. season, right? And, and, and so that's, so that out period is whatever. I mean, so, so it's, it, it's the non-direct period. So, so it's the leading indicators. It, 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 it's those types of things. So we have targets for those, but every target isn't part of a quota. So quotas, would you say quotas about maintaining and targets about growth? No, I'm saying quota is accountability. Okay. All right. Right. So, so quota is going to impact, um, quota is going to impact the judgment of your job performance, like fully directly the impact of your job performance, right? Cause, cause you could be quoted on something that's, that's in, in the out. Like I know, I, I know what the numbers are, right? I know mm-hmm. like you have to, and I'm making this up for right now. You have to make 50 calls to do X. So right. I'm giving you a target for 50 calls. Well, you're going to have some period of weeks where you're making 20 calls and you're going to hit, you're going to hit the targets that you need. You're, you're going to hit your, you know, the, whatever the next key thing is. But, but I know that, you know, that's not normal. Right. right. And, and so, cause there's going to be a period where you're going to have to make a hundred calls. Right. So, so if you reset, so it's so like, I know if, 
if 50 calls is the number, and again, I'm making this up, but if 50 calls is the number and, and now you're drifting to 20, I know that's something I got to coach on because in the short term, you might still be hitting those things that you're accountable to. It's so like, I mean, if you're a salesperson, you're accountable to sales. Right. right? So, so it, to clarify in this instance, photo would be like closed business, but you're talking about could the target be. might be could like, be. so closed business could be but the target would be X amount of activities because we know that's well, going to drive closed business. Those are the leading indicators, right? Yeah. Those yeah. Are, and and the, the, the targets are not going to, they don't have the same level of accountability. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so the question, so now, so, so the quota is the primary target, the accountability target for a sales rep, as we're talking about it for sales organizations. Right. Okay. So that you wanted me to define that, right? Yep. So, so that's kind of how I define that. So what's the next question? Cause I forgot. So how do, how do we go about, how do we go about setting that for our reps? How do, how do we go about it or how do most people go about it? Let's start with how do how do most people go about it? So how do most people go about setting quota? <laughs> they, they lick their finger, they stick it up in the, what, you know, what they do is they say it, it's how they, uh, like most people do forward-looking forecasting by saying, um, we've got a 25% growth target. We need to grow by 25%. So we so take we our take numbers we did and we 25%. increase it by 25%. Okay, what's the, so what's the right way um, to do it? Because <laughs> I'm assuming that's not the right way given. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, there, there's an aspect. So if I'm a farmer and I come into a field mm -hmm. and it's, there's trash in there, it hasn't been cared for in, in, in 20 years. There's weeds all over the place. Um, you know, it, that, that, that doesn't mean that I can't plant a crop there. Right. Right. It, 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 it doesn't mean that I can't, um, that, that, that I can't expect to care, but I can't, um, I can't plant my crop and, and expect that I'm going to yield my harvest tomorrow or, and I can't expect my, like, I mean, you know, if, if, if you come into there that, you know, the first thing that you've got to do is, is you've got to, you've got to tend the crop. Um, you know, you got to tend the field so that it's conducive to crop. And then there's, you know, there's a gestation period. You got to take a look at, you know, you know, what is your sales cycle? So, so like if I'm looking at something and we don't have any real solid base, so everything has to be new. And I know that our sales cycle is, um, um, eight months, right? I can't, I, I can't expect the first sale to happen for at least eight months, right? So, so you, you, you do have, you know, that, by the way, that's why your leading indicators are so important. That, that, that's mm -hmm. why, um, you know, funnel formation is important, right? The, the, those things are important because they're, they're, they are your raw materials. Um, so, you know, now, now there is an element that, you know, if I'm a company, you know, are, are you putting forth the raw materials? Are you putting forth the, the appropriate investments to, to expect the yield that, that you're having? Right. Um, and, and, and so, you know, understanding where things are, where you need to be, um, you, you, there, there's a little bit more of a science that's there. Like there, there's gotta be a base of forecasting. You know what, one problem with, with, with a lot of quotas is quotas are put out there and, and from the get go they're they're in a place where 
you know, they're set up for somebody to fail, right? Because, because they're just not particularly achievable or, or they require, you know, meeting them requires that you take shortcuts or you take short-term actions. You know, when, I mean, I, I sold for a company once that, that, you know, it was basically, you know, you, you lived, you know, your, your, your future lifespan was 30 to 60 days, right? Cause if you didn't do X, Y, or Z within the next 30 or 60 days, you weren't going to be there, mm-hmm. right? It was not a good culture. Right. And, and, and so you did all kinds of things, but by, by the way, if you, you take a look at Wells Fargo, right? Wells Fargo set a quota for new mm-hmm. accounts that was unrealistic. They, it, they, they brought accountability. They told the story. So what did people do? They lied, they cheated and they stole. Right. Yep. Because that's what, that's what a, a bad quota does. So, um, I mean, like it would be a, a relatively long and probably somewhat boring, um, podcast to walk through, okay, how do we create a quota? That might be something that we create other, you know, that might be something to create a a different type of content about, but, but it it is about balancing. Yes. You've got targets you have to achieve. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there should be some expectation. There should be Delta, right? Like if I'm only giving you a target of what's already in place, yeah, then, okay, well, wait a second. Right. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, if you want to become a bodybuilder, you're not going to, you're not going to have your first workout today and you're going to expect to win your first competition in a month from now. Sure. Right. You got to progress through there and, and you're, you know, you're going to set stretch goals. Um, you know, and, and, and by the way, that, that, is where you know quotas can also you know, like you you can have progressive quotas which which we'll get to um but but you know kind of what you know what i i forget who taught me i think this was a burn harness thing he called it five and one what are the five key metrics because he said if you get above five key metrics it's too many which by by and large that's true but even mm-hmm. when you have five that's not enough you also have to very very clearly communicate what's the one metric right so these are the five that are important but this is the one um that's kind of what quota says right okay and and, and so like quota has a structural um, impact. That that's why it is so important. It says to um, to those to whoever it's set on, you know, this is what's important, right? Yeah. And, and what it is speaks so loudly you can't hear anything else that's said unless it fits there. So that's right? my so, focus so, because that's what's important. So that's what I'm maniacally focused on. Yeah. So so I'll give. You know what? That's what I'm subconsciously focused on. I don't know if it's, I mean, I think sometimes, yes, it's maniacal, but I'll give you an example. And I'll give you an example with a quota that was not, that was not a sales quota. Um, it was actually a, a strategy exercise that, that um, someone that I know did, did. And it was basically a survey. One of the questions in the survey was, why do people buy from you? And it was mm-hmm. sent to everybody in the company. Um, and two or three people replied because we get our invoices out within 24 hours. Right now, what job do you think those people that answered that? They're probably in finance. They were accounts receivable clerks. Yeah. Right. And, and their quota was invoices have to be out within 24 hours. Gotcha. And they were judged on percentage of invoices out within 24 hours. They were, um, you know, they, they, they were bonused on hitting targets, which meant they were also dinged for not hitting targets. It was talked about all the time. You know, why wasn't this out? Right. And so, you know, the, these people weren't not smart. 
it's just what you talk about, what you focus on, what you quota, you go, well, that must be important. Yeah. Right. That must be really important. So that, so that's where that structural element is because, and, and this might be where you're going, but reps are not motivated by quota yeah. and they're not motivated by comp. They're motivated by two things. Actually, they're motivated by one thing that, 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 that connects a couple of things. They're motivated by winning. Now, I don't mean winning in the traditional sense because, you know, sales reps are competitive. Every human on the planet is motivated by winning, right? One of the reasons that, that there's so much FOMO in the world and, and it, you know, it connects to other things as well is, is because we don't have a clear definition of what winning is, right? So our, so our feeling of winning is very situational. So, mm -hmm. so the first aspect is um, when, when someone gets up and says, Joe did this, Mary did that. Ding, 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 ding. Hooray. That's winning. Wow. Hey, I feel good. Mom and dad said something good. For those of you who don't know, I wrote a book called Parenting the Office. I'm not saying mom and dad in a derogatory. It's actually a, a interpersonal dynamic that exists everywhere. Right. So, so that, that's what we do. Right. Um, now scores are very important. Mm -hmm. You've heard me say this ad nauseum. If you want to know yep. how important score is, just watch a bunch of kids playing any game before and after someone says, Hey guys, let's keep score. Right. Um, so that score becomes that metric, that, that, that feeling of winning, right? But, but realize they're not actually motivated by the score. They're motivated by the dopamine hit that the feeling of winning is created because they hit that score. So it becomes something very simple. And that's why Johnny takes the shot, right? Johnny takes the shot because there's a dopamine rush that if he makes the basket and we're playing to 21 and that's the 21st point, Johnny won the game, right? That's... But I want to challenge you a minute on the score thing. Okay, how it could happen to Mary too. I was not being. <laughs> That's not what I was going to challenge you on. Um, so, so wouldn't that be quota though? Because if we set quota and I hit quota, then I'm winning. So how is that not score? How is that quota different score. from so quota Quota's is very, score? Quota is you a, said quota is a, doesn't. You said quota doesn't motivate. But if quota is the score, then how does that not motivate me? Well, in the absence of score. In the okay. absence of a clear score, quota, I mean, one, so, so quota isn't the motivator, the fact that it's the scoring mechanism, the fact that it's the key scoreboard. Okay. Right. The reason that people think comp motivates, like, I'm, you know, oh, they're just looking for the commission. It is far more because the commission is the score. Okay. Gotcha. Right. And we have a blog post that gets all into why, if anyone's going, oh, I don't agree with you, comp motivates. We have, we have a post that goes into all of the reasons that, you know, it motivates in one situation and one situation only. And that is when someone has a lack of income, right? So if I can't pay my bills, then I am going to be motivated for money, but that doesn't drive the types of behaviors that we're looking for, right? If you're motivated for that type of aspect that actually leads to like, why did the people at Wells Fargo who were service oriented, good people, most of them, you know, like the vast, vast, vast majority of them probably never did anything illegal in their life up to that point. Why did they do that? Well, they were afraid of losing their job, right? Because that's how hard that quota was. Um, so yes, yeah, so so one of the reasons why quota gets this ah is it's the score, mm -hmm. right? Which also connects to, you know, sometimes when we look at our comp programs and we look at how we manage quotas and things like that, we make things too complicated. Right. So, so tell which, me which, more by about the way, it being if too you complicated. Have some, Go ahead. 
if I have too many, if I have too many components to determine what what my quota is or how am I going to meet my quota, if it's too difficult to figure out whether or not I'm going to hit that quota, um, like you know, when Johnny says, when Mary says, "Hey, everybody, let's keep score," there she doesn't come out and say, "Okay, I've got this formula here," you okay. know. So we take the square root of pi um, to sub zero over i, right? It, it it it's something that's simple and clear. So, so, you know, two things happen, especially the more competitive you are. It's really interesting. Um, this, this is for everybody, but the, it, it, it tends to have a more acute impact the more competitive you are. And, and that is, um, if, if figuring out if I'm going to win or not is too complicated, and more so if you put me in a game that I can't win or that I don't feel that I can win, the response is I don't play. And that's one of the reasons why people feel like, well, I, you know, our salespeople don't listen. Well, you're like, and, and like, you know, gamification is this great thing, but if I'm not buying into the game, if I don't believe in the game, if I don't believe in the scoring, if I don't believe that I have a fair chance of winning, and at the same time, the game also needs to challenge me, right? So it's got to mm -hmm. be fair and challenging. And when those things aren't there, I don't play, which then means I either play my own game, right? Right. Which is where you get a whole lot of money motivated, what appears to be money motivated, Right. Or, I mean, it's really interesting when you, when you research that's been done on people who embezzle, right? <laughs> Legitimate good people who never did anything wrong, who, who, and we're talking about major embezzlement. First off, it starts off small, mm -hmm. it grows, and there's always a rationale. You know what? I should have got the bonus. Steve got a bonus. I didn't get a bonus. By the way, this all happens after. The money is taken, right? Right. And then the rationale builds, and then the that, that that by the way is a version, and I'm not throwing it all in there, but I'm sharing it as a you know that's an aspect of well, I'm playing a different game, right? I'm not going to yeah. play this game. Um, and 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 so that's where you know so when you set unreal unfair quotas, that that's where you create, um, you 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 create a negative equity. One of the problems with a lot of measurements today is we're, we're measuring so many things that are short-term oriented that, that in many ways, before I quit playing the game, mentally playing the game, um, I cheat the game, right? Yeah. And, that, and that's where people talk, you know, okay, we're going to cheat the system. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, they, yeah, they, they, I mean, people will, hey, that's the game. Here, what are the rules of the game? Yep. Right. And, and, and so here, you know, so, so sometimes the quote is set up is set up only as quota. Here's number, but you don't really set up a, you know, a fair mechanism of, of quote unquote, the rules. And I don't mean the rules, six principles. Yeah. But it's, it's like, if you ever watch a movie, right. If you ever watch a fiction movie mm -hmm. that, you know, the, the, the difference between great science fiction and shitty science fiction is what are the rules of the universe? Yeah. Right. So when I come into the story, if the story doesn't have rules that I can understand and live and accept, like I can't suspend disbelief. Right. Right. So Superman, I'm cool with. Right. But you know, some you know somebody else, something else, I'm not right. And and that's really right. a, actually kind of a rules mechanism that causes us to say, am I comfortable? in this universe. Because when you introduce a quota, what you're basically doing is introducing an alternative universe. By the way, any company, any organization, any gathering is creating an alternative universe, right? That's what community is. Yeah. 
right? Okay, is this my community? Do I accept the rules of this community? Do I am am I ready to play? Am I going to play by this right game? Those are all the things that go into quota. Now, this sounds like oh my god, we've got you know this is an eight year PhD exercise. You know the the reality is it's not right. If you define your business process, right? If you define the the, the key elements, if you have a strong economic model. By the way, we've got a whole bunch of content on establishing that economic model. And if you have questions about that, feel free to reach out, right? If you have those things, um, it's actually not that hard. And, and I'm sure in a few minutes, I'll get into some examples of that. Um, we make it really hard. Um, by the way, one of the things we do is we make it really hard because we try to prevent people from gaming the system, which is kind of defeating the purpose of the game. Like if you're gonna create a game, and the moment you have a score, you've had, you have a game, mm -hmm. right? And so now I'm going to gamify it, right? So when yeah. you try to, you know, you go through all these hoops and things like that to to prevent, then then that's where. Um, so are you are you saying one of the one of the problems that people run into with quota is they overcomplicate it, and simpler is better? Mm -hmm. Simpler is better. Simplistic is not better. Okay. Complicated is bad. Mm -hmm. Simplistic is bad. Simple is good. Okay. Simple and easily understood, I think is what you said earlier. Yeah. Simple and easily understood. Yes. So, so in essence, what you're doing is a, a good, a good game, a good scoring mechanism, which a quota is, um, should create agency. Meaning I now have an understanding of, of what the game is, what the rules are, what the objective is, and I can now, I have control to determine the path that I'm going to take. So you're going to go, this was like when I was at Merrill Lynch, the quota was assets under management. Mm -hmm. One of the metrics was accounts. I crushed on assets under management. I did not crush on accounts because I went, I worked with high net worth people when especially A at the time, Merrill Lynch wasn't specifically focused on that. And especially as a new advisor, we're supposed to start small, get the $2,000 IRA, blah, 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 right? One of the problems was that I actually got reprimanded because I wasn't opening up enough accounts. And, and that contributed to, I mean, it's not the only reason, but it's certainly one of the things that ultimately led to why I decided to leave Merrill Lynch was it was yeah. like, okay, this isn't my place. Like, here's the game. And, and, and if you were to look at what I was doing, what I was doing was absolutely like all of the key elements, you know, my point about is this repeatable? Is it sustainable? I met yeah. all of those criteria. It's just they were beginning to take like they were bringing quota mm -hmm. to, to take away my agency. Gotcha. Which is my gotcha. choice. Agency in essence here is like I have choice for the path that I'm going to take. Right. I know some people they like to get, you know, you know, single, single, singles. This person over here, they they try to hit the home runs, right? Yeah. Does it equal out? Is it repeatable? The the path should be less specific than the destination. So that's that's actually a good segue into progressive quota, I think, because that that's one thing I want to talk about. So so we've got quota set. How do you ramp that up and kind of make sure that you're enabling the person to grow and and enabling the business to grow? How do you how do you progress while still making the game fair and something attainable for the rep? So, so I think I'm going to hit two points here. Um, cause, cause what you're talking about now inextricably, inextricably,
inextricably connects to comp. This is how okay. quota triggers comp, right? If we're talking about progressive. Yep. Um, though, I actually, um, one of the things we recommend, and, and we're actually going to be bringing this to our next sales position, is we've got a quota of um, a certain number. So I'll give you an SDR, right? A quota of, you know, when you hit this number of sales qualified accounts, you get a promotion, you move up to the next level. And when you hit this number of sales qualified accounts, you get another promotion. And that promotion is a better title. It's a higher bait, you know, it's higher pay and it's um, higher fidelity responsibility, right? Um, and, and so it's like, you don't even have, you don't have to ask for promotion. You don't have to ask for a raise. The quota drives that. I, I, I think that's done right. That's a very good mechanism. Um, the, so, so I, I am going to say you can have a quota and not have variable commission. Explain, explain variable commission. So variable commission means my income is dependent upon what I sell. Okay. Or, or my income is dependent upon, you know, varies based on what I do relative to quota. So you could have a quota and pay somebody straight salary and you could still manage that correctly and have motivation and, and have those, those things in place. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that become the dominant mechanism though in a lot of places, I'm actually not against it. So, I mean, the first thing we have to understand is why commissions exist in the first place. Commissions exist in the first place as a risk reduction strategy. Right. And so if you want to get the top, top, top salespeople, mm -hmm. you're going to have to pay variable commission. And, and, and the reason is you can't really justify on, on a sustainable basis. You can't really justify, um, you know, a, a top salesperson is making 250, three, 400, 500, sometimes more than that. Right. And, and, if I'm going to pay somebody that, then then I need them to repeatedly um, produce specific outcomes. Right? Sure. And and so if I were just to say, like, I'm actually not picking up more motivation. The compensation mechanism is they know that if they put forth the effort and they bust their ass and they do these things. By the way, this is one of the things. If I if you want me to play a game, and I'm doing really really well and somebody's not doing as well and i don't and there's no difference between us i'm going to have a problem paying that game playing that game why am i going to yeah. put that why am i going to put that effort in so comp is one of those is one of those things sure right but but by the way you can take a look at at the operation side where they're not paid commissions mm -hmm. and where that becomes is do they get promotions do they get more responsibility do they get to you know are right. are you know do they get to grow and expand so again, um, you know, different quotas, different elements th th that are here. So, so what a progressive quota says is like, here's, you know, quota level one. And, and, and I tend to be a fan of this. In some cases, I'll get a little bit more complicated, but I'll say here's quota one, here's quota two. Mm -hmm. so, so let's say that we're just looking at MR, monthly recurring revenue. I might say quota is $5,000. Again, I'm making numbers up. I'm not paying any attention to any type of economic model here. So quota is $5,000. Yeah. And, and you're going to get paid a certain percentage, you're, it's either going to be a bonus mechanism, straight variable commission. Um, again, the, the specific mechanism 
to, you know, to be determined, but, but let's just say that I'm going to pay you, um, 8% of whatever, or I'm going to pay you 20% of whatever here again, I'm just throwing out numbers as an example. So if you hit 5,000 and, and the base is 8%, then at 5,000, you get 8%. Quota two, I'm going to make that 8,000. So, so okay. if you think about it, it's almost like, um, red, yellow, green, super green. So, mm-hmm. so green is you're a performer, you're doing your job, you're winning. Yep. Super green is you're kicking it, you're rocking it. So 8,000 here. So now instead of 8%, I'm going to pay you 10, 11, 12%. Okay. Right. So, so you're going to get, so, so not only are you going to make more money, because obviously if I paid you 8% of 10,000, that's more than 8% of 5,000. Right. But now I'm going to pay you you know, some, sometimes it's a step up, which means I pay you 8% on the first and then I pay you 12% on the whole. I tend to be, a, to be a fan of, I go back to dollar to, to dollar one. Mm-hmm. So if you're at 5,000, you get 8% of 5,000. If you're at 10,000, you get say 11% of 10,000. Right. Okay. So you're not only picking up more income because of the volume, but you're also picking up more volume. Because, now I, yeah. I'm a fan of that when you know, one salesperson producing ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars has an advantage to the company that would be better than two salespeople doing five thousand dollars. Okay. Which, by the way, I would say almost always is true. Okay. Right? So, so you're going to get to you're going to get to enjoy more of the win as you outperform. Now, if you're under five thousand, you're going to get five percent. Okay. And if you're under twenty five hundred we're going to be talking about, is this the right place for you? Right. So 2,500 is red between 2,500 and 5,000 is yellow. If you're consistently performing at now, by the way, if you're consistent, the way I'll try to structure a comp plan is if you're consistently producing between 2,500 and 5,000, mm-hmm. you should want to quit. Right. Why, why should you want to quit? Well, well, one reason is I'm going to, I'm going to work to make sure that it's not a wage that you're comfortable with. Okay. Right. Um, also, the way I'm going to do other things, you're you're going to, I mean, the, the likelihood is if you're a yellow, you could mm-hmm. probably be doing better somewhere else. There's some aspect of mismatch. Now, I'm not you know, I'm not saying if it happens once or twice. I'm saying if you're consistently at sure. that place, right? Sure. I mean, I, I I tend to believe that that you fire people and you put them on performance, per, you know, pips, performance improvement plans as a last resort, right? right. If, if you're managing the process correctly and someone's not being successful. Yeah. It, you, you, you should be able to coach them to where they find their next path. A- everybody wins that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so if you're going to be a top performer, but you're going to be in that super green, you're, you're going to enjoy more gain. Right. So, so, so in essence, what's happening is if you're performing below the line, Mm-hmm. you're actually subsidizing the people that are performing above the line, right? So, so if you look at it, if I go from say 8% to 11% and I'm paying you 5% if you're here and it just happens to work out this way is in, in essence, the 3% on these dollars, like I'm, I'm not really, it's not really increasing my costs. Yeah. Right. Sure. Because I'm only paying, I'm paying three points further here. So I get to add that there. And by the way, if everybody's above the green line or everybody's mm-hmm. above the super green line, we should be, you know, let, let that be our problem. Right. 
Yeah. Right? Let, let, you know, let, 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 let that be the problem. So, so that, that, that's kind of, so that's one element of progressive um, quotas, but, but here's another element. So I gave you a quota example that was very much based on, um, on, on the dollars, right? Right. Yeah. So, so I believe in, in two thirds to 90% of sales situations, once you get to a certain point in, in, mm -hmm. in a process, sales isn't the reason that you're successful, right? So, so if, if, if somebody like, once you've decided that you need something, the value of a salesperson is, is less than before you knew you needed it. Once mm -hmm. you decided you needed something and you knew who we were, the value is less. Once you decide, once you decided that you needed something, you knew who we were and you understood our value proposition, the value becomes less. Right. So, so I believe, you know, fully that, that the value is earlier in, in the process. And the difficulty is quota score. We score late. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we have two different mechanisms that we've used as quota and, and this is where it gets fun. So we have a term meaningful conversations. To me, it is the number one metric. It is the metric of all metrics from a sales perspective. Meaningful conversation has a very specific definition. It means um, I, the salesperson, learned something about the prospect that's material that, that can be used to increase the probability of success going forward. And both parties commit to do something by a certain time. Uh, we got a blog post on that. If people want to know more about it, you can reach out to us. Right. Um, that's so in one scenario for us when, with our sales team, that's the quota. They're quoted on meaningful conversations. Yeah. They're not comped on meaningful conversations. They're quoted on meaningful conversations. So they, and they have a progressive meaningful conversation number. So if they have this number of meaningful conversations here, they're comped on closed business. So they're still, so, so it's still being driven. They're still being rewarded for, for bringing the business across the finish line. So by the way, for those of you that think comp motivates, let's say it does. Why are you wasting the motivation of the score and the quota at the place where you've already got the compensation motivation to begin with? Right. Yep. I'm, I'm quoting you on meaningful conversations. So if you don't hit a certain number of meaningful conversations, and by the way, I know if you start closing a whole lot of business and you get sucked into there, but you're not doing the work of meaningful conversations early stage, I know that you're not going to sustain. And so that, and by that the way, answers the question I was going to ask, which is why would you quote them on that when you're comping them at the end of the process? So I think you just right. you Well, because, because by the way, now winning the scoreboard is who right. has the most meaningful conversations. Right. Right. And so I talked about, you know, um, and by the way, one, you know, the, the goal, the score is closed business. The quota is closed business. One of the most common mistakes salespeople make, they go too far, too fast. They push the customer too far. I had a coaching situation. I'm like, Bill, name's been changed to protect the guilty. Bill, <laughs> why, you know that like your, like your number one metric, you know, it's meaningful conversations, right? Yeah. Why do you try to do this all in one conversation? If, if you had made this two different conversations, you'd have two meaningful conversations. Bill's response, which I, I respected and loved, said, Doug, I don't want to game the system. I'm not trying to game it here. I said, no, that's not gaming it. That's the point. Two meaningful conversations is more valuable than one big meaningful conversation. 
right? Because once we hit a certain point, then it's just managing the sale across the finish line. We, we, yeah. we have another variation that we do where the compensation, we actually have a points-based system. You can read about this on our website. We have a pillar um, article on sales velocity where we talk yeah. about a, um, a point mechanism. And that point mechanism actually triggers what what the comp is and you know to give you guys a feel about this anybody that's into baseball or any sports you know the, the whole aspect of advanced analytics like our point system is kind of like ops's to baseball right um and 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 so now like so so we're we're incentivizing and highlighting behaviors that are causal to outcomes right yep. so once we hit the cause button then our job is to manage it across the finish line Right. So and, you and said, so, are you setting quotas at those inflection points to try to drive those those causals to happen? I can't say that I won't do that. I can say I haven't done that because I I, I worry that um, so there the quota element that triggers what comp is. If you have too many quota elements that trigger comp, it becomes too complicated. Sure. But we do have quotas for other. So like if you have meaningful conversations and those meaningful conversations don't turn into bona fide opportunities. So we have a conversion rate that you should have for that. And, yeah. and if you're not achieving that, then, then we're going to coach you on it first because we're going to say something's happening that's not there. By the way, our meaningful conversation is actually verifiable. So so we can make sure that people aren't just gaming that. Um, and, 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 and so if you don't, like if you're having the meaningful conversations and it's not triggering to pipeline opportunities or your early stage pipeline opportunities aren't converting to late stage pipeline opportunities at, at, at a rate that we expect, we're going to coach you on it. And if we can't fix that, then that's going to, you know, impact how your performance is measured, which is going to impact your position. So, so it is, I guess, I mean, it is technically a quota by that definition, because it is a metric that you're accountable to, but it's not, we're keeping it simple in terms of what's triggering your comp. Right. Right. And so now when I, when the rep's going, okay, if I close the business, if I close the business, if I close the business, what am I going to get? Well, right. now it's like, okay, I can do that. That, but what I'm going to get paid on that is being triggered by how many meaningful conversations I'm having. Well, okay. Oh shit. If I don't have more meaningful conversations then I'm not going to have right Sure. now, it, now, by the way, you know, one game is you could begin to focus on a customer and just have like in, you know, a stupid, silly number of meaningful conversations. Guess what? I know you can do that. But I also can track it really easily. And so all of a sudden, if I see you've had 20 meaningful conversations in this stage, I'm going to say, okay, hey, Bill, what, what problems are you having advancing customers? Which, by the way, you actually can't do that because one of the elements is you have to advance the opportunity. So you can't have 20 conversations without it moving forward without a yes or a no. Sure. At some point. So, so that's how we begin to, and again, how do we do that? We map the business process. We figure out what are the key inflection points. We do we we do a what causes sales analysis, right? We quote the cause. Yep. We comp the outcome. And now we might also we might add a spiff, which is you know, um, you know if you if you hit if you hit twenty meaningful conversations, you get you know it's a five hundred dollar bonus. If you hit 30, it's thousand dollar bonus. Like, so we might get, like, we could give some comp. There's nothing wrong with that. Sure. Right. Um, you know, at, at, at different times, you know, we'll run contests, by the way, I find contests work better. Hey, anybody that, you know, we're having a meaningful conversation contest this month, anybody that hits more than X, you're going to get Y. We did that one time in it for like, I think it was a gift card. 
and and they just went nuts. Well, I'll tell, like, I'll tell you what what is really really crazy. Um, where they go really nuts is, and I think you remember um, when you when like their manager has to do something. So actually, one of the yeah. most successful ones we ever did was for a client that we were um, running their their development team, and it was I'll do a day of calls for you. Oh, that's awesome. I like right? that. And, yeah. and so they had the choice. They could use that day to make calls, but I'd make the calls sure. for them. It would get credited to them. Right. Uh, and, and they would, you know, I'd have to make the calls. Right. So, so it had, it had a whole lot of benefits and, you know, I, I think they were most motivated because I was going to have to make calls. Right? right. They were somewhat interested to be able to see how I did the calls versus how course. they would have done the calls. Right. But yeah, but yeah, sure. so, so it's, it's, it's really interesting that non monetary compensation, especially when you're running contests like that, has more has more benefits. That's why President's Club is valuable because it's a yeah. trip with your spouse or girlfriend, or, you know, or boy, you know, significant whatever, whatever um, et cetera. So, yep. So, Doug, you 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 called it. We're we're right about an hour. <laughs> that was a lot to tackle. Um, it's funny as we we landed kind of in the place where we land frequently, which is you really got to start with understanding your business process understanding the sales cycle. And then I, I do want to throw out the point that we hit on a couple of times, which is making sure that it's simple and easy to understand and that there's a clear score and, and what that score is for the rep to be able to track that. So um, I thought I thought we hit a, a couple of really good points. We might have to circle back on some of my other questions that I have that we didn't have time for. And that's a wrap on the first episode of The RevOps Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And if you're feeling a little extra generous, go leave us a review and share the episode with all of your friends and coworkers. If you have any questions you'd like to ask Doug or Jess, please send them to me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.